Welcome. We are back with For Book's Sake with Heather Roberts and Veronica Adams from 1852 Media. And we're just going to get into it today. We are talking about diversifying your streams of income for an author. Yes. Yes. Which is huge. Those books you write, they're not the only way for you to make money. That's right. You shouldn't just be selling it in ebook only, by the way. So some authors, yeah. I mean, you can write a book and publish it in ebook form only. That's valid. Yes. Totally. But there are other forms that you can publish. Uh, obviously, paperback would be the number one way. Um, you know, the next one that most authors do. You update your formatting, slap a cover on that bad boy, and get it listed wherever you can get paperbacks available for sale. Correct. And you can go different distribution with your paperback totally. uh, than with your ebook distribution. Yes. So it's your ebooks are in Kindle Unlimited. You can still sell paperbacks on Barnes and Noble. That's correct. You can go wide with your distribution. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of authors don't really think about that uh, when yes. they're looking at their distribution and options uh, like that. So think about the distribution of your paperback when you right. are putting it out there. And then we have audiobooks. Totally. And listen, audiobooks are great, but they are expensive to produce. I mean, yes. Yes. if we are, so let's talk about audiobooks. There's a few different ways that you can do an audiobook as an author if you are self published. So if you, you can get an agent. And an agent can go and shop around your already existing titles or your new titles coming out and get you a deal with an audiobook company who will produce your audiobook for you, sometimes even give you a small advance per title uh, that will then go against future royalties. So, you know, it's not like they're never (laughs) getting their money. But it's a great low investment opportunity for you to get your audiobooks published just happened for a client of yours this week did it not yes, her agent two, was actually. able to oh i missed the second one that's great yes so yeah a literary agent able to find a audio publishing company uh willing to take on the production and sale of those audio rights that's great yeah uh, we yeah two with the it was the same company that did both of them mm-hmm. um, and I think the one just uh, just put it out today it was just announced this yeah. morning so yeah. you didn't miss too much <laughs> good yeah but yeah super exciting that's one way to go uh, low investment from the author and right. uh, just understanding that future royalties are going to be affected against your advance if right. any. And the price of having to do almost nothing yourself yes. is letting other people share in the profits. Correct. Correct. And then if you want to produce the audiobook completely yourself, you have then two options. You can do a royalty share with mm-hmm. an audiobook narrator. Or you can pay outright an audiobook narrator, and then you own all the rights, essentially, yes. to that book uh, in audio. Right. And you can do and it. And you are going to pay like. a significantly larger amount to own the files outright and to have the work be your exclusive property. Correct. A narrator is going to charge you a lot more 
So in, a, in that second situation. Yes. So to give you an idea, on the cheap end uh, of narration, I would say cheap is inexpensive. I'm not saying the quality is cheap. It's just somebody right. who maybe is just getting a into audiobooks. Buddy, yes. Budget friendly. Somebody who doesn't uh, have a huge uh, audiobook narration you know, career under their belt so that maybe they're just starting out and they're not in high demand. Readers don't know them. Right. So an inexpensive budget friendly option would be about $250 per finished hour per finished hour. That's not how many hours it takes the narrator to read and produce your book, by the way. So they're not getting paid $250 an hour. They're getting paid $250 per finished hour. I heard recently that it takes approximately twice as many hours to produce the audio as it does to read the book from start to finish. So I can believe whatever that. your estimated read time is, double that. And that's usually the average production time. Yeah, I could totally see that. Absolutely. So for an average five, let's say a four and a half hour book. Or five hours yeah. just to make it easy. If it's going to take nice round you number, know, yes. yeah, five. So twenty two hundred and twenty five, two hundred and fifty dollars per finished hour times five hours. You know, we're talking so you know several thousand dollars mm-hmm. on the inexpensive end, and then they can they can go up from there. <laughs> yes. Considerably, depending on talent, demand, you know, reputation, et cetera. Yes. There is, I believe, uh, one very, very popular author, or I'm sorry, narrator, uh, audiobook narrator, who can get $750 per finished hour. And that is somebody who's in very high demand, who can also then pick and choose uh, what they want to read and and what they want to produce. So you know, you don't have to go to that high end. There's, there's a range and then there's people all the way in between. Um, so you can, where do you find these narrators? You can find them on ACX. Uh, you can find them on find away voices. Uh, you can look for voiceover artists in your area who would perhaps be willing to produce an audio book for you. You also can take a gamble on gig work sites like Fiverr. Sure. There are a lot of really talented voice artists on platforms like that. Buyer beware, yeah. of course. But Buyer still. beware. <laughs> you, have to, you have to vet who uh, you yes. are working with. That is yes. always very key. But yeah, I mean, so you can go, there's a variety of options that you can explore Mm-hmm. in order to find the right narrator for you. So once you get the audiobook, uh, you can then upload that on wide platforms or you can enroll it into Audible, which is an exclusive platform like Kindle Unlimited is. And you can go about it that way. So there's a lot of distribution options uh, for each of the types of book that you have. Uh, so, I mean, you're not just talking about, you know, just one type of, you're not limited. You're not as limited as maybe you think you are. Sure. Sure. Something that hasn't been on the list yet is the 
vanity or exclusive hardback too. Yes. If you have some money to invest in maybe having your own bookstore on your website, if you already offer merch and you have some form of retail set up on your website or you have a Shopify account or something like that. Yeah. You can also have your own hardbacks printed and offer exclusive <clears throat> alternate covers or just hardback covers of your paperback and ebook cover. Yeah. Limited edition. Some clients even, so let's talk about the store on your website. If you're looking to diversify, you should have a store on your website. Absolutely. Um, That store, like Veronica was just talking about, can include anything and everything, including your own books, paperback books, ebooks even. You can, if they're not Kindle Unlimited. You can sell your ebooks direct. Yes. You can do that. And you should do that. You should do that. And BookFunnel makes it super easy now to distribute those from direct from your website. There is now Absolutely. an integration tool. Um, and there's, you know, you can pick which e-commerce platform you want to use. Um, you know, Shopify is very popular because it's very easy. It is user-friendly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but you are paying take a lot of tech know-how, right? Yes, you are paying for that user friendliness. Of and, course, of course, and that's fine. And if you want easy, you want something that is not going to be challenging to set up, and that's just going to work, then that's a great option for you. Uh, totally. If you have a little bit of tech know-how, or you're looking for a long-term investment, maybe you want to pay somebody or try to figure it out yourself how to set up another type of e-commerce store. Absolutely. Um, maybe you WooCommerce or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you have tech help in your pocket, somebody on your team who's savvy with websites, or if you have, you know, a lot of web design experience, Correct. setting up your own store should be relatively straightforward. Yes. So the products that you can put in there, I mean, you can get those pretty hardbacks made. And Absolutely. sell them only on your website. Maybe that's how you mm-hmm. want to distribute them. That that is the, yes. because you have to remember when you are selling direct to consumer, you are retaining the most amount of profits. That's right. You are maximizing. You're maximizing your return, yeah. a return. So, and you want people to start going to your website. You want mm-hmm. to start getting those direct consumer sales yeah. as much as that you possibly has can. Value. Yep. Absolutely. That traffic has value in completely different ways. I mean, it's good to have the traffic in the first place, but if you've got a lot of your other tech tools set up just right, those are valuable customers whose data you can use to target later for advertising. Correct. Right. And some authors are even deciding to do a early release or maybe the first week uh, or a couple days of a new title, they're only offering direct on their platforms or on their sure, website. Sure, because Early they, release if you buy direct from them. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I can see the benefit in that. Uh, there's, you know, Absolutely. pros and cons. I mean, the pro is one, you're getting a higher return, right? Totally. You're then getting a direct to consumer purchase. So you have all yes. the information as the author and you can target them appropriately in the future. The cons are that those sales are then not going to be made on the the retailers, the traditional retailers, as we shall call them. And then thus, that's going to affect your rankings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where you sit in in any of those stores relative to other books in your categories or in your genre, 
you lose that organic organic because we have no idea behind the scenes exactly what those sales go toward in terms of the algorithm making your book visible or not visible based on the number of pre-orders and the number of release week sales and yada, yada, yada. Yes. But what we've seen happen time and time again is the the better your, your pre-order numbers on, let's just use the Zon because they sure. have that large market share. They sure do. The more visible your book tends to be organically without you buying ads on the Zon. So yeah, you are giving up that, that boost on, on retailers. Yes. By selling direct. But you're also not splitting royalties with the retailers Correct. for those sales. Correct. So you have to decide what's right for you, which is why yes. some authors will do a short, you know, period, early period on their website mm-hmm. and sell it direct that way. And, um, then do, you know, whatever it is that they were planning sure. to do anyway, uh, to try to get their loyal readers you know, who are maybe in their newsletter and follow them to to purchase direct from them. And then maybe a warm or cold sale on all other, you know, the the regular retailer platforms. Absolutely. Uh, And then try to convert them into that hot, warm reader, you know, that hot reader, if you will. Absolutely. Yes. Get them in the pipeline and get them excited for the next new release, even if they missed the most recent one. Yes. And you have to make these things, well, one, you have to make them easy for the consumer. If as you, easy as you can. As easy as you can. Yes. Easy. I, I mean, you cannot, even sometimes having them have to jump through three or four pages to get to the mm-hmm. sale portion, you're going to lose people at every single click. It needs to be a seamless process <laughs> as from start yeah. to finish, as much as humanly can be possible. People are very easily frustrated and they will give up at the first sign of a hurdle. So make sure that that is a very simple, streamlined process, whatever you decide to set up. Absolutely. <clears throat> but yeah, so you can then, yeah, like you, you can sell those pretty hardbacks. You can sell early copies of your books. You can sell, all, you know, all digital copies of your books, right? It doesn't just have to be new releases. This is, of course, if you are not in Kindle Unlimited. Uh, if you are in Kindle Unlimited, you cannot do that because yeah. you are distributing the book in a place other than Kindle Unlimited, which is right. against their terms of service. Right. But you can sell the paperbacks. So you can do that on your website. And yeah, and then you can sell merch. So if you don't want to have inventory in your home or, you know, rent out a storefront or whatever you're, you know, right. You don't want to have your own warehouse. You don't have a storage building next to your house (laughs) where you can put a whole bunch of inventory. Right. Exactly. You know, there, there are options. Yeah. You don't have to have massive inventory in order to have a merch shop. Yes. I remember when this these things first started coming out. I sound like a dinosaur right now, but I remember when they first started coming out and they were um, you know, what like the Zazzle shops and like Oh my god, Cafe yeah, Cafe Press. Press and yeah, all of that. They were not very intuitive or great shops. No, um, and the quality was very um Subpar. Subpar. But now, now we have uh, companies like Printify or Printful, 
Uh, and there's, you know, those are some of the more popular ones, but there's yeah. a, a dozen, I'm sure. Like there's, there's Absolutely. a lot. Uh, and they integrate directly with your website. You get exactly. to design everything and just put and it on products. Printed and shipped per order, not in an inventory bulk situation. Correct. So. And they handle all of that. So exactly. you don't you don't have to handle a, a piece of your merchandise if you don't want to. I would highly recommend ordering any like at least one of things that you are are selling, um, at least yeah, you know, quality control, quality control, just so absolutely, that you, especially shirts and things like that. You want to know what your people, what your your yeah. consumer is eventually going to be getting. Exactly. You also want to be able to market that, and if you have the product in hand, you will be able to market that a lot better. Absolutely, take it with you to book events. Wear it on a TikTok. Show it on lives and on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you you should probably order at least one of whatever it is <laughs> that you're planning to sell uh, so that you can market it appropriately yeah, from totally. your own platforms. But yes, I mean, that's definitely a big one. And I, I think something that a lot of authors have maybe you know, shot away from that. It's a little too difficult because in the past it was, it was a bit of a bear to set up those shops. There was a lot of extra work involved. And if you're not necessarily tech savvy, that can be intimidating. Yeah. And then of course there's the investment too, because it wasn't as easy to, you know, print and ship direct to the consumer. So yeah, all of those hurdles have really been eliminated in the last several years. And there's other than time, right, which is time. always a factor. I yes. understand. But aside from time, there's really no other good reason not to have merch. I agree. And have a, a yeah. section of your website where you're selling things tangential to your books. Yes. And you can do other kinds of merch. It doesn't just have to be like your logo, right? You can right. make a, yeah, you can make a whole line about each series of your books. Absolutely. Pull the reader favorite stuff from any yeah. any series and find ways to turn the, that stuff into catchphrases or quote, you know, take direct quotes yeah. out of your manuscript and put them on coffee mugs. I was just like, going to say, put your quotes on your merch. You know why? Because they're yeah. your quotes. You made That's them. Right. You own that. That's your you intellectual property. You see all these yeah. Etsy stores popping up using intellectual property Girl, that is not theirs. Get me started on the creators taking authors' oh content God. and monetizing it. Oh, it drives me crazy. I have such a moral opposition to it. Me like, too. It was it was all fun and games at first, but like you're literally taking something that someone else created, and I, I just yeah, I know. Mm-mm. So I mean, no, thank it, you. If you're a consumer and you're looking at some of these, you know, Etsy shops, for example, or other shops that are selling book merch, please make sure, look to see if they have a license to use whatever that is. If it's a specific to an author or series, If you see a reference to an actual book or series or character or a direct quote. Yes. You know, Fan fan merch is fine. I don't take issue with things that are derivative and inspired by inspired by books is you fine. love. Yes, but when you're taking things that are direct property of the author, yes, 
that, that's problematic. It's very problematic. And so, and you can ask, it's okay as a consumer yes. to ask, do you, is this licensed from the publisher or author? Absolutely. Depending right. upon the circumstance, if it's an independently published or traditionally published book. Right. I saw, for example, with the fourth wing that just came out, there's, yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There is a shop that was, um, I think it was, a, it was like a hoodie and it had like a big dragon on the back and it, it was actually, Fun. it was freaking awesome. And yeah. Rebecca actually ordered one and the creator yeah. was just so freaking thrilled, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And this creator did have the license, like she was licensed with the publisher to offer this right. type of product. Um, Rebecca did that book through a publisher. So she wouldn't have licensed the actual image. It was through the publisher. Thus why Rebecca didn't have any of the, she was ordering it herself uh, from the creator. But like, what a cool experience for that creator uh, to have that come through. But that's, that's what you want. You, it's all copacetic. Everyone's Mm -hmm. making money. Who's supposed to be making money off of the, you know, That's the key here is protecting people from having their intellectual property monetized without their permission. Yeah. And listen, could Rebecca have, you know, I'm using her as an example, but in that situation, could she have reached out to her publisher and said, oh, I see this licensed shop has this. Can I get one? And her publisher probably would have contacted, you know, they probably could have done that privately. But you know what? I think that that just gives... Rebecca's like, no, I'm just going to order it. Like I can, I'm just going to order it. And I I love that. I I think that's great. Um, I think it's fun. I think that that provided the creator a really awesome moment and, you know, to have that come through and guess what? That creator posted about it and it, you know, created more buzz for all of it. So I mean, what better, what better advertising or what yeah. better testimonial than the author herself buying the licensed merch that you've just created with the permission of her publisher? <laughs> exactly. Like, hello. Right. Hello. So yeah. that, yeah, I, I, I don't think that could have gone frankly any better um, in that no. circumstance, but that's ideal. Yeah, ideal. And so speaking of, as an author, if you want certain custom things made, you can work with some of these creators. You can license out your quotes, material, you know, ideas to be put on specific merch in other stores. Sure. So, sure. you know, if you see a store that you highly respect that does, you know, do it right and do licensed agreements with uh, publishers, authors, reach out to them and see if that's something they would consider. They may be interested. And that's another source of revenue for you that you're not doing literally anything. Yep. And you are then receiving royalties for products that are being sold that have your quotes and and things like that on there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, there's just so many different creative ways that you can get and diversify what you have already created. <laughs> yes. Yes. And get these deals and, going. <clears throat> you know, we, we can double back to merch aside or maybe somewhat related to merch is the always popular book box. Yes. Right. Like you can get into book boxes that you don't organize, operate, manage, or otherwise control. You can also start your own book box for you. You sure readers. can. 
You sure can. So there are multiple ways to approach the monetization from that perspective. And you don't have to write any new material to put your books in book boxes. You can use the books you've already written for that. Yeah. And distribute them in that vein as well. I mean, and you don't have to do monthly book boxes. You can do quarterly. You can do quarterly book boxes and biannual, biannual book boxes, whatever. Or you can just sell book boxes on your website as a per order item. So they are on demand book boxes. They are not, you know, sold to a subscription, you know, service or or anything like that Uh, as a subscription service, I guess I should say. Yeah. And you can get totally creative with how you box things up too. You can do individual books. You can do an entire series. You can do a, a sampler of books in the same genre, whatever. I mean, get creative with it. And then there there can be different price points, right? So there can be a totally. price point just for the books. Books, yep. period. Uh, signed books, I you know. Right. Signed books. Right. If they're coming from you... I mean, they should be, they should be signed in a book, but totally. in a books box situation. Um, but then you can start adding in swag. One or two swag items is one price, yep. you know, four swag items is another price, you know, like sure. you can break it up into three books and and two swag items, three books and four swag items, six books and four. Swag. Can- There's so many different variations add on the novella that relates to the series for an extra upcharge, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And this stuff is not going to happen overnight. Okay. You know, you are not going to post this unless you have a huge following already, which is possible. Some people do have huge followings and then they produce this stuff and it takes really well. But if you're just starting out and you want to offer some of these things, start offering them now. Don't wait until you have a huge following, start offering them. If you get one order a year, great Mm -hmm. for the first year. Next year, maybe you'll get more orders. It's the more that you offer these things and the more that you talk about what you offer, yeah, the more orders that you're going to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, something that we haven't touched on yet is putting some of your content behind a paywall too and doing something like a Patreon, for example. Yeah. Or a Substack or. Exactly. Exactly. Where readers pay for access to exclusive content that you do not publish anywhere else, whether it's bonus epilogues or up, you know, a few chapters updating people on a previous couple's journey in a romance novel that you wrote, or, you know, it's just your creative writing when you're in between manuscripts, whatever it is that you want to share, you can monetize that by putting it behind a paywall and asking people to give, you know, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, seven bucks a month, whatever it is right, for access to that particular content that isn't necessarily going to make it into a book. And I've seen, yeah, absolutely. I've seen some authors include sort of paperbacks or book boxes as mm-hmm. higher monthly subscription rates. Yeah, absolutely. Tack that on for like, yeah. a, you know, if you're a $20 a month or a $30 a month subscriber, you yeah. get actual physical product from the author for that. It's a great idea. Yeah. So it really depends, you know, how often are you releasing? How yeah. much work do you want to do? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because sure. if you do not have a team or at least a couple people helping you out 
this is going to be a lot to take on your shoulders at doing uh, yeah. like a monthly book box, for example. Really going to really going to eat into your writing time, yes. which is still your bread and butter here. These are all secondary things like right. writing and publishing still your number one job. Yes. Still your number one job, even with all of these other options to monetize your content. And you can have people, you know, like Veronica and myself help you organize this sort of stuff. But sure. the, sure. you know, mostly and usually the physical labor comes down to you and your team. Not to say that we haven't done some of the physical labor part for some clients in the past. And I love a good I love a good book mailing project. Are you kidding I me? I do too. I, I don't mind it at all. Uh, they're fun. They're they're usually yes. very fun, but they are. Since we've done them, I can tell you they are labor intensive. <laughs> they sure. they are not for the faint of heart, and also because you need to make sure that the orders are right. You know, you need to make sure that every what who's getting what is correct. And, exactly. Um, everything shipped correctly. It's you know it's not incredibly hard, but right. It's important to make sure that those things are correct. Um, so yeah, just remember that that if you if it does start to get big, you may need some additional help. You may need to Absolutely. start uh, calling yeah. in reinforcements. I know uh, get a there's personal assistant. Get a yeah. you know whatever. There's support network. Yeah, there's an author on TikTok who um, packs orders uh, from her website on her TikTok. Okay. And I mean, I'll, I'll throw her name out there. I People follow love her. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Misty Walker is who I'm talking about. Hi, Misty, if you're uh-huh. listening. I She writes like MC Biker books and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love watching her box up orders. <laughs> and I mean, it's fun. It's a nice way to pass time when you really just are not mm. like... It's soothing. It's calming, like it the is. ritual and the routine. It's and like, like an ASMR thing. It's like totally, yeah. I love it. I, totally. I love it. And she does such a nice job with the filming of it. So yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, if you're looking for an example of how to market your, you know, books on TikTok, like doing that sort of stuff, go to Missy's page and look at her uh, her videos, for examples, because she does an exceptional job. And uh, kudos to you. Uh, for doing that because, and keep it, keep it coming. Cause I, I like watching it. <laughs> totally. So everyone keep ordering because I like watching it, but truly yeah. if, if all authors did that, that's helping her get her name out there. It's getting, you know, people interested in her books. And even if she only has one order, she's packing it up. So, you know, I think that that's important to, to know, go look for examples of other people who are already doing the thing that you're doing and then emulate. Do not copy. Emulate <laughs> what they are doing. Because yeah, I don't. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've seen TikTok especially. I mean, that could be just crazy. But people have taken literally word for word, like verbatim scripts of other people's TikToks, and then recreated it as like their own original content. And that just makes me. Oh my god. That's just. That's, mm. I mean, if somebody makes their content a sound. Yeah, that's different. So that you can do your own background activities to the sound they created. Or you're lip syncing it. Yeah. Just literally ripping off their content and like typing it out and then reading from it on camera and making it your own. That with no cheap. Yeah. With no credit to the original creator. 
Isn't that terrible? Yeah, I'm not talking about using somebody's sound. Like you're tacky. using. Yeah, that's tacky. That's literally stealing content. Tacky, y'all. Find find a creator who's me. doing things that you like and emulate what they're doing. Do not yes. copy yes. what they're doing. Right. Or, Put your own style on it. Put your own spin on it. Be yes. yourself on camera. Yes. And you know what? Give the original content creator some credit. Yeah. Like I was inspired by XYZ person. Hat tip to yes. username. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are just all polite things to do on the internet now. <laughs> we need to be polite. Yes. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Taylor Swift begins to play in my head. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. Somehow oh, yeah. I became a Swifty at 40 without ever having asked for it. Thank you, TikTok. I mean, yeah, there's just, it, I feel like looking back upon it now, I feel like I was always a Swifty and just never really appreciated it. I mean, okay. I, I, it's not like I didn't love her songs when they came out. I just. No, no. I like 1989 was my jam. Yeah. I used to drive all over when I was still practicing law, like rocking out to that album. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what is it? Uh, Shake It Off. I mean, that was like literally the workout jam like that I, yeah. you know, would work out to. And I, yeah, just uh, we're, we're Swifties. I mean, what can we say? Um, <laughs> but I'm not like, I hadn't been like fully invested into the whole yeah. Swifty verse, I guess you should say, mm-hmm. or Swift or whatever mm-hmm. it is until yeah. TikTok. And then I started falling down rabbit holes and learning about things. And I mean, we could turn this into yeah, a I recently had podcast. To, <laughs> no, no. Just, every time TikTok comes up, I can't avoid it, right? You said something. It, it was a simple turn of phrase, but it's very close to one of her lyrics. Yes. So like my my mind just started playing the song. Also, for what it's worth, I recently had to explain to my husband, who has absolutely zero Taylor Swift exposure or experience voluntarily, the difference between Hetlers and Gaylors. So we'll just, oh. you know, like yes. it's... it's all consuming. My TikTok is. content is book talk and Swift talk. That's it. That's, it. <laughs> That's not a bad book for you page. That's <laughs> truly not a bad for you page. You've honed that algo in. So well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so anyway, back to diversifying your streams of income yes. as an author. Go make me some really awesome TikTok content where you're not necessarily directly promoting your books, but you are using TikTok to talk about other things related to your business. That's right. <gasps> Design some merch on a video for me. Let me watch you yeah. playing with your store and putting together a new t-shirt or coffee mug design. Like, you know, show me the stuff like that. Show me, show it to me. Show me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, show me your, you know, you writing behind the scenes. Show me. Yes. Show me a character. I don't know. Inspiration or show Give me your typo of the day. So I can yes. have a good laugh. <laughs> exactly. Cause we know you have them. Mm-hmm. We uh, know. Yeah. yeah. You have them. Yeah. Yeah. Show me the funniest thing that your editor said about your book. Uh, right. She was going through. I, there's just right. so many things that you may you have normalized this as an author, right? Like they've Mm -hmm. normalized these experiences in their minds because this is just their job now. But these things are not normal, quote unquote, to, you know, the reader. They don't know what it looks like behind the scenes to be an author. Right, right. 
So, you know, as other writers may not know what your process looks like either. You may be giving, you may be giving someone else the avenue to develop a coping skill for something that's a part of their business. that's really been stressing them out that you figured out how to handle in a way that they hadn't yet come to. Like you, you could literally be doing another author a favor by opening the door to your process on something. Yeah. And just because it seems like a mundane thing to you, I guess that's maybe a a better way of saying it, uh, doesn't mean that it is a mundane thing for other people. Uh, So that's why some of those, you know, the life hacks go viral on TikTok, because Mm -hmm. even though you may be, some of them I knew, some I didn't. (laughs) So you just don't know, you know, what other people don't know. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Right. Put it out there and yeah, just put out fun content, be authentic and have fun with it. If you're not having fun, you're not, you know, some of it's work, but for the most part, it should be enjoyable. It should be a way to communicate directly with readers. Absolutely. And if you're shouting into the void for the first, you know, several videos or a couple weeks that, yeah, sure. That's normal. That's normal. It's okay. Your readers will find you. Just keep producing the content. You can't give up. That's the thing. You got to be consistent about it and keep putting it out there. But I believe, I'm sure there are other ways to diversify content as well. Um, sure. But I think those are the major ones that we've talked about. Today. Those are those are some, those are the high highs. I think we've hit the, the big things. We could, I don't know, we could get granular with it, but that would make this podcast twice as long as it already has been. So <laughs> exactly. So yeah. How about an evergreen marketing tip, Heather? Do you have one of those for us this week? I do. I do. Okay. She came prepared, y'all. <laughs> it happens from time to time. So <laughs> our evergreen marketing tip of the week is to offer a free sample or preview. So we're talking yeah. about Yeah, we're talking about reader lores. So Yes. You want to have a reader lore in your newsletter so that when somebody signs up to your newsletter, they get a free book from you. Could be a novella. It could be something you wrote and just never published. It could be a short story that you wrote specifically for your newsletter. It's just a free piece of your work that is Mm -hmm. given out to the consumer so that the reader can read it and be like, oh, I love this writing style. Like, let me go and read more. Yep. So, yes. Put out that free content. Also, adjacently, (laughs) tangentially, uh, you can write bonus content that Mm -hmm. is free, that is offered in the back matter of your books, like a bonus epilogue that is linked to your newsletter. So in order to download said bonus epilogue, they need to sign up for your newsletter. That is the number one best way to get organic readers onto your newsletter list. Yes. So you know they read your book. You know they read it because that's where they found the link is at the back matter of your book. And then they're signing up for your newsletter and you can remarket to them in the future. Yep. So having some of that free content available uh, will help draw readers in and will help to maintain that loyal following. Beautiful. That's it. Thank you. Couldn't have said, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Thank you, Veronica. <laughs> Much appreciated. So yeah, diversify your streams of income, authors. Diversify. Yes. yes. That ebook that you just hit publish on is not the only way to make money. So go out there and 
profits. And profits. Yes, go out and profit. And profits. I love and it. Profits. And until next time, this has been For Book's Sake. So good. <laughs>